Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. This week we're going to talk about the uh, Genesis G70. We're going to talk about uh, what's going on with Ford Lightning dealer markups. Um, update on Goldberg's Garage and a lot more. Before we get started, a word from our friend at Geico. Hey Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting, you want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, here with Bill Goldberg. Hey, what's going on? What's up, buddy boy? How are you? Well, you know, I'm just trying to stay warm in uh, nice freezing Texas at the moment. And uh, I get to sit by the window and watch the progress of my garage going on. I, and like, if, I feel like we spoke a week ago and it was 80 and you were in shorts and no sleeves. And now you're bundled up. Like, <laughs> Welcome to the, the, just be careful what you yeah, the uh the, the weather's a little nutty. It's been okay here. I think we're past the 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 massive rain. Uh so things to be settling down a little bit. Um uh, getting excited for uh Barrett Jackson auction week coming up in a few weeks in Arizona. Typically there's like Gooding and RM and Bonhams and Barrett and and a handful of others. I think Gooding is just doing their geared online version. They're not going to have a live event. Uh, who knows with the spread of this new Omicron or whatever it's called. Uh, it sounds like a transformer, but uh, <laughs> like a Decepticon, the Decepticon. Um, we're only a few weeks away, but I I was in Arizona recently and they seem to be pretty open. And, and we went through this whole protocol over the past year with the Barrett events. Like, what are they doing? And they fly <coughs> drones over and everything gets sprayed and, and, and masks and whatever. So I think they've got enough uh, protocol happening that, that the event's going to still happen and no issue. I haven't heard anything about it not happening. But looking forward to it, we're going to have some Bravago stuff there as well. Uh but yeah, it's um, interesting, interesting, uh, interesting times for sure. Uh, let's talk about that garage real quick, man. Uh, it, once the once the steel and some of that stuff started showing up on the property, and we talked about this could potentially start to come together pretty quickly. It just seems like every day now you get to peek out your window and see some actual progress. You know, thank God. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I thought it was a uh, like an aberration. You know, one of those. Uh, Dreams that that I dreamed up, or somebody dreamed up, that I was actually going to get a garage. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't believe it. It's actually happening, and you know, like you say, it's uh, it's pretty amazing the transformation in a twenty four hour period of time. So I'll be I'll be posting a lot of stuff. Metron's going to be posting some stuff. I've got uh, got a bunch of drone footage going up, man. It's it's really exciting. I wish I could. Uh, I wish I was out there working with them, but. Uh, I am a little bit under the weather, so uh, you know. Once I kick this cold, I'll be out there 
working uh, on the four-man crew. It's amazing with four dudes that they're making the progress that they're making. And yeah. let's just be honest, that's some heavy-ass steel, man. It's a Pretty it's dumb. a big operation getting those initial bones set up right, getting that 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 skeleton of a frame all steel, bolted into that cement uh, base that you have that foundation that you have there. But uh, yeah, what a pain in the ass getting that foundation down almost two years, uh, you know, just chopping through rock and getting it done. And like you said, it's like it's it's a little frustrating because it's tough to see the progress, especially when you're standing on your porch with a cup of coffee, looking at snow, going, yeah. "Can't do shit today." <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, but now it seems to be, be uh, you know, pardon the pun, trucking along that uh, it's going. Do we have kind of a, I mean, pending weather and some other things? Do you have an idea? You're going to ask me about an ETA, and I have no no answer for you whatsoever. See, the issue uh, is not just weather; it's supply chain and some other things that are affecting so many things that. Well, yeah. Right know. now, we're missing. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I don't know. They're probably 10 inch screws for the insulation Mm -hmm. and they're out of stock everywhere around the country. Yeah. We're going to have to adapt and overcome and try to try to figure something out, whether we have to manufacture them there ourselves or we can, uh, you know, go a different route. But I mean, it's, yeah, we've got all this deal on site. It took, I don't know, seven, eight trucks to make that, uh, fruition and finally got that and now we're we're looking for uh little screws little, uh, you <laughs> little know. screws to hold it all together no listen exactly. I, I get you we talked about you know this past year we talked about like uh you know the car projects i'm working on the lightning and this the entire front suspension is was we're waiting for a bearing a bearing that was 40 dollars, and we waited six months we finally got it in and the guys in Canada are making it and saying, yeah, we'll be able to wrap it up and, and ship it out to you uh, pretty pretty soon. And I was like, okay, great. Uh, but you know, honestly, it's been, I want to say, at least a legit six months we've been waiting for it. You know? Oh, yeah. It's just for a bearing. You know? Yeah. All the work that they've done and one $40 bearing that we couldn't get. And it's just the spec on that bearing. Nobody else had it. Nobody had it anywhere. Nobody else really kind of makes it. I mean, there might've been some like overseas kind of knockoff of the bearing, but it it was important to have. So we wanted to get the right stuff and, and uh, that's it. It's kind of waiting for that. So that's the conundrum right now, whether whatever type of project you're working on, whether it's a Austin Tase's garage, whether it's the lightning, <laughs> whether it's putting yeah. together a freaking Lego, you know, you're posed with the uh, with the unenviable task of trying to find something that's not available. And do you go, do you throw a curve in it and, and use an alternative route and not be up to snuff, you know, that you originally planned, but you just want to get it done. So, I mean, yeah. it's a, it's and under right now. I mean, in a lot of areas, a yeah. lot of people. I don't want to cut any corners. Not after uh, waiting as long as we have to make this thing a right. reality. Right. So uh, if right. we got to wait, we got to wait. But if if there's opportunities to explore other things, you can look at that. Or is there alternatives to the bolt that you're using? Some other version. Oh yeah. And combined with, I don't know, welding and some other things like that. That maybe, maybe gets it done. Maybe studs and welding. You know, as opposed to a bolt through, maybe maybe that gets it done. Who knows? 
But, fingers uh, crossed. Yeah. That, well, I've, I've I, got that fingers crossed emoji working freaking overtime. I, uh, I I saw some of the images that you sent me. I know you're planning on posting stuff. So, uh, yeah, follow Metron Garage, follow Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. You can see some of the updates. It's cool. To, it's fun to see. And you're right. It's 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 massive. It's over the top, but it's fun, and you worked for it. So, Did you uh, see the size of those air conditioners? I did, yeah. <laughs> Giant. Giant. Unbelievable. How many? Right. Is there two? There's two of those. You know, they're rated at 6,000 square feet per. And so, yeah. Um, I could realistically need another one. I was just I'm, thinking about that. Yeah, I'm not getting another. I know you're, you're going to notice the difference. Figure out where to hide them. You know? You're going to notice the difference when you're up on the loft versus down. There's going to be a temperature difference. You got to get some fans up on the loft at least, just to circulate some of that air. If you can fit them, we big put, ass fans. Big ass fans. Well, we'll be on the way once I get a ceiling to hang them. From. <laughs> We we put the big ass fans in in Adam's place, uh, you know, over the new place that we've been building out. By the way, another thing that's been taking two years because we're waiting for stuff. Not to mention just permits, but waiting for other stuff. Um, the the cool staircase that you've seen that you know was all built and floating staircase and stairs and glass. Uh, finally, our guy Sean over here at the shop, he's like, I'm just gonna make a railing. He's just because we couldn't get what we needed. And he just got stainless steel tubing and went over there, made several mock-ups, pieced it all together, um, trimmed, cut, welded. And it is gorgeous, by the way. It's a one-piece railing because the stairs um, are kind of like a switchback. It, it like turns 40 degrees and then 40 degrees and then 90 degrees. And he made he made it out of individual pieces. And then welded them together in flush in the bottom. He, uh, instead of just drilling a hole and threading the hole because the stainless isn't, you know, it's thin wall, but it's, it's strong. It's just thin wall. You can't get enough threads. Mm -hmm. So he made a bung for each one that goes inside and then welded it and smoothed it out. So where the, where the railing bolts on to the mounts. It's completely flush, and the threads are individually uh, bungs were individually welded inside of the tubing. It's just a nice masterful job. piece. Yeah, he brought the he had it all welded here, and then had the, the entire railing as one piece. And he was uh, 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 grinding it down, finishing the welds, and then the finishing touch would be you know the scotch pad and give it a brushed look and just scotch pad it while it's up there. But it's it's gorgeous. But yeah. It we we couldn't get the railing that we wanted, so he's like, ah, fuck it, I'm just gonna make it, and it actually turned out way better. Yeah, it's That's really awesome, really man. nice because you you wouldn't well, be able to get. Don't send me pictures because I may have to employ him to do mine. Uh, I'm telling you because it was gonna end up being like three pieces, and some of the stairs are only like um two or three steps, like three steps yeah. up and then a platform and three steps. So you'd have a railing that was like twenty inches long, and it wouldn't connect in the next section. So all the the floating glass on the sides yeah. uh, wouldn't necessarily connect. So he made a single railing. So now it connects all the glass for added stability. 
you know, it was a really, really smart idea. It's a cool piece. Yeah, you're going to love it. Actually, you're going to be, I, I, I don't want you to go spend more money, but you're going to love the idea and go, oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, before you finish those stairs, this is what I want now. <laughs> uh, don't complicate it anymore for me. <laughs> don't, don't want to make it tougher. But uh, anyway, it came out, it came out fantastic. Um, so I've been driving the uh, Genesis, the G70, the sedan. This is Genesis's version of of like a 3 series BMW 3 series fighter and i tell you just over the years genesis has gotten better they continue to impress when i first got in the car i was like it's a little small the back seat is a little snug for sure if you've got to put people back there it's going to be tough um, but if you're just putting bags for groceries or some items or you got your dog sitting in the back it's you know it's it's that size car it's 3 series car but they sent over the 3.3 liter turbo. This thing is 365 horsepower and 376 pound feet of torque. Jeez. It's zero to 60 in four and a half seconds. And you're talking about a car. Now there's a smaller engine option, right? Which starts at about 38 grand. I think the one I'm driving is about 50,000. Uh, they got, they got, 0.84 G's on the skid pad with the all-season tires, and I think 0.95 with the Michelin Pilot Sport 4S summer tires. And like I said, 0 to 60 in four and a half seconds um, with the all-wheel drive version. It just hooks up. That's kind of the performance that we're uh, used to from Genesis, right? I mean, it's 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 pretty it's pretty impressive. It handles well. It's quick. Um, the grill... Still, you kind of have to get used to the big grill kind of in the front that's going on. I don't mind the grill, but you know, everyone's doing all the sensors and stuff in the front and the sensors have to have like the black plastic, but it's very, you can't hide it deeper in the grill. It has to be kind of flush into the grill. It's just kind of a weird thing that uh, Audi and a lot of the car companies are having all the sensors in the front. And I get it. The safety stuff is there, but I think over time we're going to find better ways of hiding that. So aesthetically it's... It's okay. Um, they're trying there now. It's not quite as as polished as, as I think it can be, but they're getting there. But I'll tell you a thing about this Genesis is the interior is gorgeous. It's black with diamond stitch, uh, but all the contrast stitching is red. So they did a great job that gives a little subtle touch. The diamond stitch is red. The door panels have red stitching on the black, and then they put the red seatbelts in there, give it a nice sporty effect. Uh, everything seems to work. You can see there's a few things like on the center console, there's drive modes. There's a little dial that you can turn and it's not something you fuss with every day. It's not like an iDrive for the infotainment system that, you know, the infotainment is touchscreen. It's just every once in a while, when you want to, you put it in sport, sport plus mode or whatever you want, you'd mess with it. But you do feel it's a little light. It feels plasticky. It's got a little bit of play in it. It just feels a little cheap, that dial. Again, not something you're going to mess with every day. Uh, you know, so it's probably not going to bother you. But you can see how how are they turning out a high-performance car that looks good, great-looking interior, and still comes in around, you know, forty to 50000 maybe 53000 That's how. you gotta, you got to save a little bit of money here and there on a, on a few things. And I, I don't mind it. It's like, look, when you – one of the things that bugged me with driving the Aston Martin 
in the Aston Martin, the the air conditioning vents feel very, very light, pieces of plastic, easy to flop around. And when you hit a big bump, like out here on the 405, you hit a big bump, it flops the air vents down, right? And you're like, well, at that cost for that car, you want it to feel like it's got nice tension on it. Actually, the Jag has beautiful tension on the AC vents, right? It's, it's mm. you know, it's, it takes a little bit of pressure. It's got a smooth motion to it. It's just one of those little details where you go, you feel like you're in a luxury car, right? But I'll tell you, the Genesis probably has better AC vents than the Aston Martin does, although there are a few things that feel a little cheap and plasticky, but you'd expect it in the Genesis. You would never expect it in the Aston Martin, and that's just kind of the weird little, little, little trade-off, trade-off. But small details that they have to spend a lot more time on. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm, in, I'm impressed with the car. Um, you know, we as Americans seem to really like SUVs more. So the I'm driving the G70 sedan. The GV70 is the SUV version. Shares a lot of the same platform. I think the same engine. It's arguably going to be a little bit slower just because – and handle a little less, you know, the weight, the ride height, uh, but a lot more room, a lot more functionality as an SUV. Uh, I think I get that after Barrett Jackson when I get back. So around February 1st, I want to try that out. The GV80 SUV is what we took to Barrett Jackson in uh, uh, the Vegas event. Um, and that was the one everyone's like, oh, it looks like a Bentley, a nice Bentley. And I was like, yeah, that's what they're going for. They really want you to to, to do it. And Doing the road trip there and back, it was it was a great vehicle. So, but I'm interested in seeing the slightly smaller version of the SUV. I, I see one on the road in my neighborhood. Uh, it's got dealer plates on it. Somebody just got it. It looks good. Um, the proportions are done well for the smaller SUV, technically a compact. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of want to drive it. But I'll tell you, I, I impressed – Impressed for the Genesis. It continues to win awards and and gets ranked highly by all the uh, all the books out there. And you can see why. For that kind of money, it's definitely worth taking a look at because everything is expensive these days, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. You you go get the Mazda, the CX fifty, is it? You know, and you know that's. That nice version is in the 40,000s. You're like, well, that's kind of Genesis money, you know, depending on the engine. So definitely something to uh, to look at. But I wanted to bring that up because uh, I wasn't sure when I first got in it, but it, it certainly is impressive. Uh, let's see. What else we got? We talked about uh, Chevy Silverado EVs, the Silverado EV, very different look. Then the Ford Lightning, uh, everyone's screaming uh, uh, avalanche on, uh, <laughs> yeah. on social media. Uh, GM says they sold out in 12 minutes. Um, what they didn't say, though, is how many they're doing in the first right. run. You know? <laughs> so if there's we had that, 14 available. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, if there's 14, then 12 minutes sounds like a long time. But if they're going to do yeah. you know, 50,000, then it seems like an impressive number. Now, keep in mind... This is only the RST. The RST is the fully loaded, you know, big version. 
Uh, it's 105,000. I think it's 107,000 with destination and whatever booked into it. 106, 695 or something. The numbers couldn't be that amazing or they would have touted them. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Um, it, it seems interesting. Good for them for selling out. Maybe that is a testament to the demand of the electric vehicles or the electric trucks. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll see how that goes, but you know, it's not going to be available till the spring of 23. What is? Yeah, I know. Everything is so, everything is just so delayed. Everything, it's actually frustrating as we come in here and I'm like, hey, let's talk about what's going on in the car world. I'm like, none of this shit's happening for two years. I don't even know why. Like, we're just running out of new car stuff to talk about. We can talk about the car projects and things that we're doing, but. Isn't it quite ironic that at the end of that two years, California is trying to push electric vehicles to be, uh, isn't that ironic? Yeah, right. Uh, Ford is trying to make a play with the lightning. Um, I, I, you, anybody who listens to the show now, how's, how we feel about dealer markups, uh, Whatever the reason of the dealer markup, let's say you're not selling cars, you're desperate for cash, whatever the business model is, we as the consumers get screwed with the dealer markup, um, especially on a high production volume vehicle, something that's going to be around for years and no real limit to. They'll sell as money as they can make. A dealer markup is a kiss of death to the dealer. I, I personally believe. I, I don't care think who it's you bad. are that yeah. has judgment on it. There's not one thing that's a positive out of that, except for them getting more money in their pocket. But is it really worth losing your customers over? I don't think so. I I don't think so either. Now, the idea of some of the car companies saying, hey, you're going to buy something that's maybe limited production or whatever – Sign an agreement that says you won't sell it for a year and or two years or whatever. I'm fine with that. If that's the agreement, that's the agreement. You don't get to charge me money over sticker and sign the agreement, but I would sign the agreement for sticker price, right? Absolutely. Or maybe there's a scenario. I don't know that anybody's ever done this, but maybe there's a scenario that says the dealer can charge you ask at least to charge you a markup on something if you don't agree to sign that. And people who do agree to sign it cannot get charged a markup. So if you want to go in and buy a new ZR1 Corvette right now uh, or what, whatever, whenever it's available and the dealer wants 10000 over sticker, the dealer can say, hey, 10000 over sticker, I'll sell it to you today. You can put it on Bring a Trailer tomorrow. That okay? makes all the sense in the world. But it, but I won't charge you ten thousand if you agree to sign the agreement that says you can't sell it for a year. Let's say you're not John Cena, and then <laughs> and I'm not. Thank you. Let's just assume you're not John Cena, and uh, and you sign the agreement and you stick to it. <laughs> I'd be down for that. So Ford's issued this letter. They can't control the dealers, but they said. Hey, dealers, we don't think you should charge a markup because the dealers are not just doing a markup. They're doing all sorts of little kind of shady practices, if you will. They're saying, hey, you have a reservation in, but if you want to keep your reservation, you need to agree to a $5,000 markup. And I'd be like, I'd be like, screw you. Like, what did I? Yeah. Like Ford said, get on the reservation. Give them a hundred bucks for the for the slot to hold it. Why do I gotta go to get my dealer and give you another five grand for some bullshit? I was like, I already did what I was supposed to do, right? So I, I don't get it. So Ford is saying, hey dealers, how about 
Don't do any of the markup bullshit and the fees you're trying to do. And in return, we'll ask customers to sign an agreement to not sell the vehicle for a year. So not everyone is flipping them the next day for, for, for money. And I was Makes like, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely down with that. I'm absolutely down with that. I, I get it. There's a supply and demand thing, but why not hold it? And what, whatever, who cares? Listen, if in a year from now, you know, you know, bring a trailer and meek them and bear it and all they're, they're just loaded with Ford lightnings, people trying to get, you know, markups on them. But the car companies are also saying what we're really planning for is in a year from now, we're going to have increased capacity. We're going to be producing these vehicles. So there's no real reason to go to the aftermarket and buy it on the street for over sticker. We're going to be producing enough new vehicles. Now, what we're talking about is not a limited production vehicle. We're talking about something that there should be plenty of. Make as many as you can sell, mm-hmm. right? It's different if you're going and trying to get a Porsche GT3 RS or something like that or something that we know is going to be limited or whatever, the 007 version of blah, 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 car, Range Rover, whatever. They're only going to make 50. I mean, I that's a different scenario, right? Because when you flip it, arguably you would still make money because nobody can get it again. But if Ford or GM is going to make 150,000 electric pickup trucks the first year, by time your contract is up and you want to sell it, they're already saying – we're going to make 250,000 this year. So if you want one, you can buy one used or you could you you could go in and just buy one new, right? Or at least order one new. Uh but the idea of paying I don't know 5 or 10,000 sticker over over sticker on a Lightning now and then next year when you sell it, you sell it, you lose your 10 grand and you probably lose Five thousand dollars on the, you know, ten thousand dollars on the value of the vehicle because they're mm-hmm. Ford's going to make another quarter million of them or whatever they're going to make, right? Anyway, I I commend Ford for putting this out there now and saying, dealers, let's do the right thing, right? We're going to get you more of these things. You're going to sell plenty of these things. Be patient, like it's going to happen. The dealers got to wait. We got to wait. Anyway. It's going to be an interesting. Uh- reveal for sure yeah you know so they're taking orders on these now the first reservation holders are able to go in and place their orders they're going to start making them i believe in june and start deliver in september uh so anyway that's 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 kind of the plan on that now in other ev truck news uh rivian big big public debut big stock market ipo debut they um they fell a little short of the amount of vehicles they wanted to produce by the end of 2021. They did 1,015 vehicles. I think it's, yeah, whatever. I think they wanted 1,200 vehicles. So they got pretty close. I don't really fault them for that. Some supply chain issues. Everyone's getting into it. The tough part is, the, the tough part is, this 300 and something mile range are supposed to be like a 450 mile range version, uh, mm-hmm. the max battery. And that's going to be delayed a year. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're saying, Oh, well there's some supply chain issues and, 
you know, we want to make sure that everybody that ordered that launch edition over the next year gets that vehicle. And we don't want to start delivering the the long range vehicles before the other people ask for the launch edition vehicles. It still has to be special. So they're running into a few things. And I think they'll get it worked out. I still like the company. I like the vehicle. Uh, I'm looking forward to a chance of driving one. I'm seeing a few on the road. They have an office right near me in in Venice here. Uh, it's not a manufacturing office. Maybe it's a, a PR office or a design facility. But uh, because of that, they seems to be some right near me in like Venice, Abbot Kinney area. If, if anybody's in the area, you'll see a Rivian office right right near there. I don't know about you, but these automotive manufacturers are likening themselves to the airplane industry at this point where you can't really believe what comes out of their mouth because they have an ulterior plan working while yeah. they're trying to keep your mind occupied with something else. Yeah. I mean, it's always been like, but I, I think now it's much more to the forefront. I mean, it's quite obvious. Uh, yes, because so much of it with these young EV startups is fundraising. It's value in fundraising. It's all about the cash they got. It's not really the cash from selling cars. It's 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 the cash they can create with with stark stock market Idea. value. And yeah. and look, nobody is better than Elon Musk on on creating all this hype around stuff. Um, and you know we 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 bash on him a little bit here, and, and you know. A joke about it, but listen, he he was right. He said, "Congratulations, Rivian, on your IPO." But I got to tell you, buddy, as as tough as you think that is, that's the easy part. Now you got to make some cars, <laughs> and and you know, a company that's been at it for over a decade, I think, I guess, about a decade, Tesla, and he's like, "Good, good luck. This is way harder than you think it's going to be." Uh, so I, I don't know Would you look at all the hype and you look at the stock price for Rivian, which has dropped significantly from their IPO, right? They've, you know, announcing delays. And then I think a couple of days ago, their COO, their chief operating officer, uh, left the company. Um, you know, it's there, there's growing pains there. There's, there's tough things happening, you know, so they've got to get into that. Listen, uh, Fisker has an uphill battle. They've got to make cars. They've got a lot of orders. They've got, I don't know, I, Henrik Fisker announced something on Twitter like, you know, hey, you know, good news. We've got $1.5 or $1.4 billion in orders for vehicles, which is good. That's a lot of orders for them. Yeah, but. But you got to make the cars. Uh <laughs> There's a, another EV startup, Mullen, which uh, makes a really pretty SUV. I saw at the LA Auto Show. I've never even heard of the company. Apparently, they're they're a public company. They they've got some money. They've got a facility uh, somewhere. I don't know, like in the Midwest, that's going to be making cars. Um, you know, on paper, everything looks good, but you've got to actually do it. You've actually got to make it. I, and there's a handful of, of of these companies that are that are getting into it. And it's like, who do you, who do you bet on? And what I mean by that is, who do you bet on to make the vehicle, have it be pretty good quality and worth buying? 
And then who do you bet on financially in the stock world if you're into that as well? Right? And there's there's so many of them. But right now, because of this, you know, the way the stock market works and this SPAC, uh, this reverse merger stuff, these companies are all publicly traded. It's a little weird to me because these companies are publicly traded with basically no revenue. They're worth billions, if not hundreds of billions of dollars. So strange. uh, Because they needed all this cash. But I was like, why are we buying stock in a company that has no revenue? (laughs) I mean, why don't we just go to Vegas and gamble? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, because it's kind of the same. It's it's kind of the same. So – you could read all of these predictions, Lucid, public, Mullins, public, Fiskers, public, Rivian, Tesla, all publicly traded companies and barely shipping products. Uh, obviously, Tesla's way ahead of the game in shipping a lot of products but uh, and, and has financial history so you can make some predictions based on their stock. Uh, still an overvalued stock. Obviously, it's an overvalued stock, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad investment. Then the big question is the legacy car companies, the car companies that have been doing this for 100 years, not making EVs for 100 years, but making cars for 100 years, figuring out things like dealer associations and uh, unions and supply chain and you know all of the things that are new to a young EV company. Uh, what are they doing and then getting into the EV market? I can tell you that um, I suppose Ford is the only car company out there that said, we're going to make 90,000 electric EV trucks in the first year and then only to have the CEO go, yeah, we got our ducks in a row. We're going to double that to 150,000. Everybody else is saying we're going to delay and reduce production. Ford's the only one that said we're going to increase production, right? Now, what that may mean is fewer chips and resources available for some of the things that aren't selling as well. Bronco's selling. Maverick is selling. F-150 Lightning, a lot of orders. That's going to be selling. So maybe they're going to pull chips from, I don't know what, Mustangs and Ford Escapes or things that aren't selling as well. These small EV companies don't have that luxury because they only have like one product, <laughs> right? So you can't pull chips and resources away from a really fruitful line or something. Just pull them from your phone and put it in your car. <laughs> yeah, it seems, it seems that These way. These days, right? I work. Uh, anyway, it's just kind of an interesting thought was, do you invest stock-wise – do you invest in the young EV companies or do you take another look at the GMs and the Fords and the Toyotas of the world and going, well, they're going to be doing it as well. They have a little bit more experience. Um, you know, it's some is a safer bet. Some is a riskier bet, but the riskier bets often pay off more. So you're going to have to judge it and, and, and figure it out. But anyway, that's just kind of a, just something I've been looking at. Now, Fisker has an interesting model because Fisker is outsourcing the production of their vehicles to, I think, Magna. Um, 
that does produce vehicles. I think they're building like the G-Wagon for Mercedes and a couple of other vehicles. So uh, they're outsourcing to a company that has a lot of experience in being in building vehicles. So uh, interesting business model with Fisker. They're more of a design and marketing R&D company, um, certainly an engineering company, but the actual production will be built overseas at an established partner. You know, so that's kind of an interesting thought. Now, of course, if you were going to invest in Fisker stock, you have to keep in mind they're going to have fewer, mar- lower margins, lower profitability because they don't own the manufacturing facilities. They have to pay, you know, a premium to get it built. You know, and then, but then again, their actual overhead is pretty low, right? because it's a pass-through cost you know they don't have to pay rent on a building and 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 and, you know a hundred thousand employees because they've outsourced that they've written a check to a company that has those you pay a premium for it but let they technically have less exposure financially so anyway it's an interesting interesting model we should talk to henrik fisker again he's been out here before he's been on he's been on the show a couple times um always intriguing to to talk to but uh you know something hopefully we can do hopefully we can do again uh anyway all this ev stuff aside the good stuff gordon murray automotive uh love gordon murray love the mclaren f1 uh we talked quite a bit about the t50 supercar that he's been making um uh uh, just it looks cool. It's got the big fan in the back. It's the three seater, the seat up front, and the two kind of behind. So it's the one plus two configuration. Uh, he's got the three, I think the three point nine liter V twelve engine built by Cosworth, uh, six hundred and fifty four horsepower, uh, three hundred forty four pound feet of torque. Um. Just incredible uh, technology and what he's done on this thing. Um, well, GMA, the, the company, Gordon Murray Automotive, they've, uh, they're moving into a $68 million global headquarters in the UK. They're going to be uh, housing their R&D, um, the full museum, manufacturing, serviceability, track testing. Everything's going to be there on, on site. But what they're talking about is another car instead of the T50, the T33. He's describing it as a hypercar GT. Now, Gordon Murray, when I think GT, I think long nose, front engine, V12, you know, Ferrari 599, Aston Martin, Ferrari F12, you know, things like that. Uh, But Gordon Murray kind of has a history of rear, you know, mid-engine uh, like the F1 and this T50. So interesting to to see what a hypercar GT could be. Maybe a more conventional seating configuration uh, instead of the one plus two, maybe a, maybe a two plus two. Uh, I'm kind of thinking Koenigsegg, uh, Jamera. You know, it's got the four-seater oh, with the two big giant yep. doors. The cool car, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, maybe something like that with uh, with mid-engine, um, maybe the same engine, maybe a detuned version of of his uh, Cosworth engine. Could be kind I of interesting. Did, I did 
be anything Gordon Murray is cooking up. I'm I'm a, I'm a fan. He's kind of a mad scientist. He's got wacky hair and this whole thing. So anyway, January 27th. So right around the corner is the announcement or the debut of whatever his plan is going to be. Don't expect the car to be out in August, by the way. (laughs) Uh, If, if, if GM is saying, Hey, we've got a sweet new EV truck for you in 2023. uh, Who knows what the, what the plan is going to be for, uh, for, for GMA. But I like the idea of what they're doing. It's going to be kind of interesting. I can't wait to see the T50 in person. It's got this, Interesting look, this kind of frog-faced front end. Um, uh, Gordon Murray, as I understand, is a pretty tall dude, and he climbs into that center seat. Um, I wonder – well, listen, shoulder room is a non-issue. So if you can get into the middle, if a big guy like you can get into that middle seat, you know. I get in there. I I drove an F1. Yeah, you drove the F1. With two people on – with one one person on either side of me. I'm sure – New configuration, I could fit my thing. I think so. Too. He's got tall, tall lankiness, so I, I yeah. would imagine. That, I would imagine that work. Um, yeah. So anyway, can't wait to see that. And the 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 T fifty, the videos and stuff that we pulled up. He's released some things of them testing the car. Sounds incredible. Sounds incredible. It's unbelievable. Like, he's winding out the car, and he's like, "Yeah, we've been holding back. We've got another two thousand RPMs left." I'm like, "My God, <laughs> it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool." I think. Um, I think our buddy Bruce Kenepa is, is going to be the distributor here in the U.S. for it. I don't know if they're going to have more than one dealer, but I think Kenepa has basically worked out the deal to sell them and be the service center. So if you need service done on the car, you actually are just going to have to send it back to Kenepa. And then uh, that's how I understand it. Um, maybe it's going to grow from there. But for now, I think that's that's the plan. And honestly, I don't know what the order process is or the delivery date of the T-50s. I feel like it's got to be pretty pretty soon. Um, I, I, I'm guessing they're only going to make a handful of them. I guess we'll, as we get a little closer to that, we'll, we'll dig into some of those details. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's what's going on over here. Not much more over here. Yeah. Um, looking, uh, looking forward to uh, – Moving into the new the new warehouse, Matt Cave 2.0, where uh, we signed the deal, and it's a few doors uh, down from us. We're going to have to start moving. It's kind of a kind of a juggling act uh, because Barry Jackson is happening. I'll be in Arizona literally the day I'm supposed to be moving. I'm trying to get some stuff done in that place to uh, you know get the, all the floors done and make it look pretty good and. Uh, Put my gym in there. Thanks for the hookup. I got your got your text earlier. Earlier, I got to reach out Rich to the guy. Minzer, Rich Menzer can get it. Get it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, so, the, all the celebrity gyms. <laughs> looking uh, looking to to get some nice equipment in there, and um, yeah. So, uh, well, as that comes together, we'll get some photos and stuff and show you guys what's going on there. But we got a little bit longer lease this time, so we've got we were able to set it up a little bit nicer. The, I told you it was like an interesting layout. It's kind of a weird place. That's the advantage for me is I get a little bit better deal cost per square foot, but it's about 6,100 square feet, but there's about, um, I don't know, about 1500 square foot room that is a foot off the ground. So there's this little ramp that goes 12 inches high. 
And I kept looking at it, and I was like, mm, I just don't think I'm going to clear it. I, I looked at it. I took some measurements. And I was like, I think it's about eight degrees uh, uh, approach angle. Um, and I was like, well, my Mustang Mach 1 has the big splitter in the front uh, from the track pack. And uh, you might as well just rip that off. And I was like, well, that that's going to be the test. So I opened up the door, <laughs> rolled it in there, uh, had a spotter. And I was like, let me know when you think it's going to hit. They're like, now. <laughs> and I was like, all right. So I kept looking at it and I looked at ramps and I looked at all these different options. And then I, I finally just, I was like, well, I'm going to be here for a while. I kind of want to do it the right way. Um, so I've got, uh, I've got a, a builder. I've got a concrete company. I've got a guy coming out. I was like, can we add the ramp? Can we change the angle? And they're like, well, we have to smash this one out and start over. So, and I was like, well, if we're going to do that, let's make it wider. Let's make it longer. So I'm going to go from an eight degree approach angle to, I believe 5.2. I would say most cars, sports cars, whatever, clear about a six degree approach angle. There's a minimum clearance. I don't know. It's about four, four and a half inches that a lot of cars have. Um, I'm not talking about the, you know, McLarens and Porsches. Anybody has the front axle lift, but um, just my car going straight up the ramp. The ramp was only about nine foot wide, so you have to go straight up it. Um, so I'm going to reduce the approach angle to 5.2 degrees, but also the ramp is going to be wider. So instead of nine foot, it's going to go 14 foot wide. So not only is the approach angle uh much lower, but also you can bring a car up a little bit on an angle. So if you do have something low or something like a big race splitter, I could think you can get almost anything up there at, at this point. Um, you know, so anyway, easily, we're going to easily fixed, uh, easily fixed, easily fixed for $4,000, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> easily fixed for $4,000. Um, <laughs> So yeah, great, great, lucky me. Uh, anyway, so that's kind of where we are with that. But uh, yeah, I'll show you guys what it's going to look like. I, I took a couple pictures of of the front of my car hitting the ramp. Um, I'll post it for people that follow the social media and don't listen to the show. Um, they're going to be confused, and for people that do listen to the show, they'll be like, "Now I see what you're talking about." So um, anyway, we'll get there. But anyway, let's go ahead and uh, we'll wrap it up. Uh, let's see. We'll be back next week. I think we've got a couple more episodes before we head out to Barra Jackson. Um, I think you're working, right? You've got TV and you've got all kinds of stuff. I don't think you're going to make it out to Barrett. You you might be in LA working. Yeah, possibly that. And let's be honest, my garage isn't done. I don't have anywhere to put a car. It is. It is one of those. Going to Barrett Jackson. Good. <laughs> Good. Uh, we should go back out to uh, the, the Texas event. They're going to do another Texas event this year. I think the timing of that, I think maybe that's September. You know, maybe it's looking good for that'll the garage. Work. You know, then. Yeah. Oh, that'll work. Yeah. yeah. That, and actually, might end up being expensive for you when you're looking around the yes, garage I'll, going. I'll be headed there with an 18 wheeler. <laughs> this car, they're like, this garage is fantastic. There's plenty of room. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, you know, you know what's going to happen though is in the winter when when it freezes and the and the the real storms come in, Wanda's going to fill it up with animals temporarily. It's either yeah. that or your kitchen. No way, no. Because <laughs> the animals live in the kitchen. You walk into the kitchen, Ew. and there's there's 
this. They live in the garage. <laughs> All right, so the, the, the animals can come into the house when it's cold, but not in the garage. Absolutely. Okay. All right, as long as they got a place to go. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to wrap things up. Thanks, guys. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting, you want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com. Get a quote. See just how much you could save at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com.